Welcome to Oldest to Youngest. I'm Natalie, the oldest. I'm Thomas, the youngest. We are curious Catholics who like to converse and explore topics from a Catholic point of view. We come up with questions, conduct some research, and then we have a discussion about it. Thank Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, so today we have a special bonus episode with some awesome family and friends. Uh, we have a fishbowl. Eh. It's, it's, it's a fishbowl fish episode. Yeah. <laughs> so a fishbowl technically is um, where you would um, put a bunch of topics in a bowl, and then we would all uh, pick one, and we would kind of debate and talk about it. Uh, so we love structure, so we've thought out yeah. the structure, and uh, we'll see how it goes. We hope you get some laughs from this, and... Uh, have fun with us along the way. So we have uh, Nicholas. Hi. And Anne Marie with us. <laughs> Hello. So they're going to be helping us out today with today's episode, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, Nicholas, you're going to pick first. Yes. Just, just a quick note. Do you speak into the microphone, right? Yes, face the microphone. Yeah. It should pick up all, everything. Okay. But, but cool. right. don't be shy. <laughs> it's not going to work. I think I picked two for the first one, so I'll pick one of the two. Use your lecturing voice, Nick. Yes. You're really quiet. (laughs) I got a blank one. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I will repick. Mystery topic. (laughs) I could have picked anything I wanted. Hey, CCD formation, your thoughts and experiences. So some of these aren't actually questions. They're just little blurbs. So this one is CCD formation, your thoughts and experiences. Um, I didn't have much CCD growing up uh, because I went to a private school. So my formation came from elementary school. Uh, let's see here. When I hit eighth grade, I wanted out of private schools. Just my own type of learning style was not liberal arts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my formation came from that private school side. and I learned a lot about my faith then. But from then on came personal exploration. And throughout high school, I was in public school. And I had to figure it out with my parents and my parish community um and i think it worked out all right in the end so your thoughts and experiences those are my thoughts and experiences uh i'll submit the rest of my time to the table to talk about um their ccd formation or formation in general yeah i i think uh thanks for answering that um starting it off you're a very brave soul Uh, (laughs) it is the fate of um Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had an epic rock, paper, scissors war. BTS before the show. <clears throat> before the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so me and Natalie uh, were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. You were homeschooled more than I was. Yeah, my whole. And I was homeschooled up till middle school. And like during that time, it was more just, it was a little bit more, I guess, unofficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. faith formation like our mom kind of just talked to us about it more we had like theology books and stuff and I think we read the bible quite a bit um, those are good starts yeah Yeah, and then like we had like first communion classes and stuff like that but yeah I think it's good stuff nice sure so my um, CCD faith formation experience um, really shaped, um, I think, just my faith and its foundation. We, it was very structured in my parish. We had 
um, it was like starting in first grade all the way through high school and confirmation, we had class every Sunday where we would go. Sometimes there was a book and there was a teacher and there were small groups. Um, so that was the structure. But really what I think about with my experience was um, the people who ran it that were mm. absolutely amazing. Not only the teachers, but like the head couple who were the mm. religious ed directors. It was a married couple and the wife did more of the elementary um, elementary aged kiddos and then the husband did more of like the middle school high school age group and they were just so amazing so like articulate with their words and really um, they they say um, our job is to plant the seeds so they mm-hmm. definitely did that and I owe a lot of my current faith to them so. the school is really structured and like you had it once a week yeah yeah. yeah that is really neat <laughs> yeah we didn't really have too much of that at our parish we had like I feel like my our family hopped sort of hopped churches a lot because we didn't really ever feel like we belonged anywhere which was sad to me as a kid um but I think like Saint I remember Saint Joseph's Cathedral um doing the CCD program for First Communion um which was a pretty good experience and a lot of it was actually a lot of fun we did a lot of crafts and art projects and we always came home with like drawings and here color this picture of jesus Mm. walking on water i remember coloring (laughs) stuff yeah and it was actually pretty fun um but i really wish yeah that was nice Marie, that you had those kind of role models that Mm -hmm. sort of uh supported you in your formation Mm -hmm. which is really cool i know christopher really liked his um was it is I'm now I'm thinking about at mass you had this opportunity during the gospel after was it after the gospel you could or was it before the readings yes yeah, all the kids would go that, downstairs right? yeah and I remember doing that and having fun you know coloring pictures of Jesus on water mm-hmm. and Easter time you open up the egg carton and it has mm-hmm. all those little oh, things yeah. in it it's like <laughs> yes, oh sweet a nail really cool. you know? <laughs> yeah um, so or doing the Jesse tree. Did you ever do that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't recall do the, the Jesse, Jesse tree. tree. No, what's the Jesse tree? You ever do the Jesse tree? Oh, that's so fun. Um, it's basically like... We should like, do the Jesse tree on episode. <laughs> you have to really paint Talk about picture. each book of the Bible. But it's basically so it's like from Adam all the way to Jesus, the main people... Like, you follow mm. Jesus' okay. lineage. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all of his great-grandparents, okay. grandparents. That's and cool. you make a tree out of paper. So you, like, each leaf, uh, you put cool. a name and hmm. you put it on a tree. It's actually done around Advent. Um, hmm. But it's is, pretty cool. cool. Is the trunk Jesus? Uh, yes, the roots are Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is cool. Nice. Yeah, I did that. Cool. All right. So, yeah. Pretty good first topic, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's my Thomas turn. On, Thomas's Thomas turn. Thomas is next. Thomas's turn. I'm gonna shake this person. up. <laughs> shake up the fish. Um, no fish were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or no fish were rehomed. Yeah, this is it's the flower base. This is a non-fish like. fish thing. <laughs> people. All right. Uh, would you like to start the timer? Yes. I think it. How much should the church modernize? Should it not? Thoughts on church's current state. Modernize. Ooh, that's a can of worms. Yeah, like that's like a baseball question. Um, like you knocked out of the park type deal. <laughs> if you didn't understand that. <laughs> um, Never heard of baseball. 
I guess I, I don't do, know what you're talking about. You, you wrote the snake, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. <laughs> I don't mean to point you out. What do you mean by, like, modernize? That's why I had in quotations, because it's a big word. Yeah. Modernize is, like, fit the times. Mm. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think it really shouldn't. In certain respects, like, we have dogma, and that's the reason why we have dogma, right? I feel. Is, like, those are church teachings or big T tradition those are church teachings where we won't change and we'll never change those. And then we have lower T tradition, right? Um, what are some lower T traditions? The kind like of vestments, celibacy, yeah. celibacy of okay. Roman Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, things said that have been handed down over the years. Right. Yeah, that are kind like, of like not. Some of those have become almost like unofficial big T tradition, I feel, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, but to go back into like, should the church modernize? I don't think it should. I think it should, like, in some ways, this is a tough question because it's like, in what way should it modernize? Like, yeah, it should kind of keep up with the times, I, I feel. But at the same time, we should definitely still keep the very roots of what, you know, the Catholic Church is. Mm-hmm. If we change that, then it's not going to be the Catholic Church anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all I got uh, to say about that. Mm-hmm. So. Perfect time-wise, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so when you were reading that question, I automatically thought of not um, traditions and dogma, but more so like like technology-wise. Like how mm-hmm. is like technology used in the church and in the Mass? And just as a specific example, I was at Mass recently where... Um, the priest utilized like a PowerPoint presentation during oh, his homily, which was different. It was very different. Yeah. Um, and thinking of it from like an educator point of view, like uh, like teachers like do their best to incorporate different types of technology mm-hmm. to foster to different learners. So even though that might not be necessarily the way that I learn best, maybe the person sitting in the pew next to me um, had a better and like more powerful experience during that homily due to that. So I think that everything in moderation right um when it comes to mm. mo- modernizing uh it, in terms of in terms of like use of technology specifically i'd say cool yeah that was really nice yeah, 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 yeah. like a different right way of looking at it yeah. too yeah. i like that it's very we should have her more often on our yeah, podcast. <laughs> get her instead of me <laughs> no, no okay. we can't replace you're the my buddy that is true <laughs> Um, so I thought of something even more different, actually. Mm. It was actually a really good This is why I like, question, sorry. Really good topic, Nick, because I think I thought of, like, how often I hear the church should just get rid of the times. Like, mm. come on, mm-hmm. church, get, get over it. Um, especially in regards to things like divorce and abortion and transgender and LGBTQIA+. Um, and I think that, like you were saying, Thomas, there are specific things that are not ever going to change. This is the root of our faith. This is why we believe what we believe. And if we change it, what, what is it, you know, what is our faith then? What, where, where will we be? And, um, why even continue to be Catholic? Because we're not at that point because this is what, this is why we're Catholic. This is what makes us Catholic. Mm. Um, are those beliefs and I think 
Uh, that's why the church has continued to be persecuted throughout history. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think, too... Are, are you finished? I don't want to interrupt Yeah. You. Okay. Uh, I think, too, is the idea that some things might not s- seem to stem back to, like, the very roots of Catholicism and the teachings of Jesus, but a lot of times it does Mm. And as you as you learn more about them, like stuff like we were talking about theology of the body, like this all like maybe like little things all plays back into like the larger role. And when you start to change those little things, the big picture starts to change. Right. And then like the painting is a completely different painting now. Or like right. a clock, you start changing the gears. Right. Like why would you put take a small gear out and put a gear? It's not going to work anymore. Exactly. Mm. So. Changing little things is, like, definitely you have to be careful about, right? So, yeah. They can make the biggest change. Um, so, yeah, I wrote this question because it's something that I'm always interested in. It's, like, when I go to church, I want to transcend the world that I'm in and go to a place that is as close as I can be to heaven without dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preferably, right? And when I see something that reminds me of something I see outside of the church inside a church i'm like i don't want to see it (laughs) personal opinion and like um what was it can you give us an example yeah so like powerpoints i would not (laughs) like to see a powerpoint in my church i may not have a terrible issue with it if consideration is made when using so like say a priest wants to use a presentation slide and he puts the projector right in front of the altar, which might be right mm-hmm. also in front of the tabernacle. Yeah. And he's not thinking about the fact that he's covering Jesus' presence to us when we're praying. We can direct our prayers and look at the tabernacle. Um, and instead, he covers it with something man-made. And, Especially when you know, a priest it might be going on and on and on. And you're like, <laughs> I am focusing I'm my attention to... on Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't had too many encounters with like priests who try to over modernize parishes um and i'm thankful for that but i've heard stories via podcasts news outlets and i've just been like i'm thankful that i'm not in that situation i don't have to go to that parish to receive the sacraments mm-hmm. um so yeah but the like thomas was saying i really liked what he said like you can't not be with the times in the sense that your church in this year you need to accommodate some things in order that your church does not die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's cool being part of a church that has such an old tradition that it's like your ancestry, essentially. Like, I can look back at my ancestors to a certain date. Well, I can look back to tree. my faith, <laughs> back to Jesus' time and when he institutes it. And I like to see the change of that faith and its tradition, but also the traditions that hold true, like Thomas was saying, big T traditions. But also seeing those little traditions fluctuate, like... In the Roman Catholic Church, priests are celibate, but in the Eastern Rite, you can marry. Right. And, but you're still Catholic. It's it's just the way that Catholicism grew in that mm-hmm. region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, interesting. So, I think yeah, another that's... great example would be like how we evangelize. So now we can use social media to evangelize, yeah. mm-hmm. which is yeah. something we never could before. Mm-hmm. But should we avoid social media? Completely. You know, that would just be silly. Yeah. Or like right. online giving, like our church. Exactly. Online, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, should it yeah. only get checks and money? No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's, yeah. Like yeah. you were saying, Anne-Marie, like the, the technology and use yeah. of technology. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, awesome. yeah, direct care needs to be taken when looking at how the liturgy is affected by new technologies brought into it. Like yeah, that mm. is digital giving, yeah. yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with like the right. service of the mass or mm. what's being taught. Or uh, Oh, you said Twitter and like social medias. Yeah. It's just when you start seeing the world around you influence the liturgy you hope to experience. Like if I went to mass and they're playing techno music, I'd be like, "What is happening right now?" DJ. Yeah. So like, if that ever happened, I'd be like, "Whoa, we're yeah. in a different world now." Maybe go to a different church. Yeah. Parish. So. Cool. That was great. Great discussion. All right, Emery. All right, my turn. Here we are. Oh boy, ah, this is this is a good one. Go for it. Your favorite. Ooh, you got Saints. <laughs> All right, that's a good one, Natalie. Um, wow. All right. So, hmm. obviously, Saint Cecilia, patron saint mm. of music, she's a good one. Saint Gregory, for the same reason. Um, my confirmation saint, actually, Saint um, Teresa of the Andes, is actually a saint that's not too well known, um, yeah. but she's yeah. actually really awesome. Um, she just like always knew um, that like God was calling her to like be a sister. So she entered the convent at a pretty young age, as a lot of a lot of the girls who were saints did. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, there's like a really good, really good book about her uh, that I should go back and reread because I feel like at the time of confirmation I didn't know too much, too much, too too much about her. But like reading like a brief bio, I just her life and like how. She just, like, was just so drawn to Jesus. Like, it, it just really moved me to pick her. But anyway, so that's St. Um, Teresa of the Andes. But, you know, your classics. St. Faustina, I really like a lot. Um, I think she's another just, like, beautiful, like, really holy woman that just was so in tune with what Jesus wanted and was calling her to. And I think that, you know... Um, just like all those, I mean, all saints, obviously, goes without saying, show us how to live our life in a way that is um, just like striving after, after like the good news and like Jesus and like how to be our best selves. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a really hard, it's a very good question, but also a very hard question because all of the saints can mm. be, should, yes. should be our favorites, right? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it was, I think I wrote that one because it's, like, tough to mm. pick. Like, I don't know, I've always felt close to St. Anthony of Padua, um, St. Francis of Assisi, um, St. Xavier, uh, uh, yeah, St. Xavier, the missionary, St. Francis Xavier, um, but I also love St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, specifically mm. because I always feel like I need to do so much with my life. And she did so much, so much. with her life. <laughs> mm-hmm. She married. She had, like, I think eight or nine kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she nursed her husband through horrendous illnesses. Uh, she was um, quarantined for pneumonia. I brought, like, was she the first twice. American? Yeah, she moved. She moved overseas yeah. a couple times. She went overseas. She... Uh, became a nun, founded mm. a monastery and an orphanage. She um, became a nun after she married? Yes, her husband died, mm. and then she became a nun. And with all of her children living with her, like, <laughs> and she continued to be a uh, mother and a mother spiritually. Um, that's... She had quite <laughs> the life. Yeah. 
I just admire her so much because mm-hmm. I just look to her and I'm like, whenever I feel like my life's overwhelming, I'm like, mm-hmm. you got it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and do you mind saying a confirmation saying if you didn't? Oh, um, man. Oh, Saint Anne. Saint. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mary. I was curious I to see who everybody was. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary's father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Saint Anne. Yeah. Um, so my confirmation saint was Albert the Great, um, which was Thomas Aquinas' um, yeah. teacher. So I won't steal that from Thomas here. Yeah, uh, I won't pick Thomas Aquinas as my favorite saint, but yeah. I do like him. Um, but Albert the Great being his teacher, I chose him because he was the patron saint of sciences and math. And that's what I was focused on, going to engineering school, well, thinking about it at the time of confirmation. Um, so he's good for that reason, and he helped me out then. In discerning like where to go for school what to do career-wise um, another saint I do like a lot is Saint Benedict and mm. I recently broke my Saint Benedict no. medal bracelet so oh, I have another one on order one. yeah so it's coming in the mail but I do like that as well it's nice to have those exorcism medals on you whenever you yes. need them <laughs> yeah. um, I guess Simon of Stock and oh. Technically, I don't know much about. Oh wait, yeah. So sign of stock is the scapular, and um, also, oh, which apparition of Mary is that? Carmel, yeah. Our Lady of Our Mount Lady Carmel. Of Car- Mount Carmel. Um, technically, I don't know. Do you consider all the apparitions different saints? I, I don't. I don't think that's a thing. But anywho, <laughs> same saint, different apparition. Yeah, I like Mary, but only Mary of Mount Carmel. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so that's yeah. like saying you like your mom in a certain dress. Yeah, that, that is true. Well, she use, does wear different garbs most of the time. So yeah, that's my time. I submit it. Um, I have Faustina as well as one of my favorites, and um, I submit my time. Yeah. <laughs> Good, because uh, your time is up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, this is a great question. Um, I had a feeling you'd pick it, so I didn't, because <laughs> I was going to do it, but. Um, my confirmation saint was St. Thomas Aquinas. He was the student of St. Albert the Great. It was <laughs> nice so I have a lot of learn. It's so <laughs> funny that you guys are friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and St. Thomas Aquinas, I guess, always stuck with me. This is the cool thing about, I think, saints. And this is why it's okay to like pick a couple saints, right, mm-hmm. that you really feel. Because... I mean, I, I was going through this phase where I was, like, listing off, like, all the saints I knew about <laughs> and asking them to pray for me, which is not, like, a bad thing. But That's like, a lot of saints. Yeah, so it will take me a long time. <laughs> but it was, like, the, the, the saints are very unique in that when you become a saint, you don't, a lot of people say, oh, like, if you give up your will to God, you become less than an individual. But no, that's like nothing could be more wrong when you give your will to god you become more individual right Mm -hmm. or more uh, yourself more yourself exactly Mm -hmm. um so picking saints that really resonate with you and their lives resonate with you i think is a really important thing so like saint thomas aquinas he was like a very studious dominican uh monk and priest and um he had like anger issues which i had for you know quite a while um and he also like struggled with chastity and stuff like that so all that stuff really resonated with me um another of my favorites two two of my favorites saint joseph i feel like Mm. is probably got to be one of my favorite saints right now just because 
like if if you want to know how to be a man, mm-hmm. you look to Saint Joseph, right? Because yeah. he was like the man, you know, the mm-hmm. man saint, <laughs> yeah. the man. Uh, saint. <laughs> yeah, you know, not to say like all the other male saints mm-hmm. were not man saints, but like, yeah, it's like he was just so masculine. Yeah, uh, in the in perfect Catholic way, way. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my last one, which I've been uh, great friends with for a while now, um, is St. Teresa of Lisieux. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love her, like, little way. Um, like, little things we can offer with great love. And that's, like, so when you think about it, that is so much easier mm-hmm. to, like, go through your day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Sweet mm. questions, guys. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. What do we got? Oh, boy. Another Nicholas one. Ooh. Oh, you got the hot one. Oh, ones. man. This is you a got tough the hot one. one. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. All right. So what does a true man and a mm. true woman look like? Oh, I that is even... a good... I think that's a good picture. That or is a good, good question. Good question. Okay. I feel like I just answered the male one. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was going to say, Jeff's going to come up later, maybe. Yeah. So I think, okay, true management. I'm going to go theology of the body route here mm-hmm. um, and say that um, man and woman, as God designed us to be fully without sin before sin, I think is true man and true woman. And what ultimately we will be when um, the second world comes. And I think that, you know, I think we all can only live up to pale imitations of what we truly will be like Mm. when we are resurrected. Um, And I think it's like something obviously extremely worthy cause to strive for. Um, But I also think it's, impossible to reach in this life um and so holding that up as an ideal and then kind of working towards that and i I think that like you know saint john paul ii you know his stance i think would have been similar in the sense that he you know saw man and woman like uh, as body and soul one united and I think that in order for us to be fully true man and true woman we have to have died right and then be be reunited with our perfect body um and that is kind of like going to be the end um Mm. but yeah, yeah, that's a really good. A good <laughs> um, so how I saw this question was kind of like, especially after just talking about saints, like we have such good examples of what being a true man is and what being a true woman is. And just like with Natalie's saint choice, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, her maternal care of her children to a point where she's also helping her husband who's dying. It's just like that is a beautiful relationship she's formed. Like, women are really good with relationships. They love it. And they love nurturing them. (laughs) They love being in them sometimes. (laughs) Just like men in that regard. Um, But just, like, using what they're given so well, this is the woman's part, um, to build up others. Whereas 
a man, true man situation here, like St. Joseph here. Like guarding his wife all the way to give birth at that barn to a son that he himself did not conceive. Mm. Like standing up for his wife in that scenario and telling her, I'll divorce you silently so that you're not publicly shamed or even killed for being adulterous. Right. Like mm. he's protecting the one he loves most. Well, yes, love God most. But love your wife second most. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good awful. Nice good. Words, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I yield my time, but that's what I was getting at with that question. Mm-hmm. I like okay. that. Um, actually, sorry, I just want to add just a brief thing. I think um, it's kind of like that interview with Jim Caviezel, right, where oh, he yeah. talks about manhood and how men are no longer, they go from boys to guys, yeah. right? There's no conception <laughs> there's, or there's understanding no of a true man. Mm-hmm. And so now men, they're, what being a man is, is deserting your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you get, you know, a woman pregnant, you know, you, your responsibility is to tell them to go get an abortion because you're mm-hmm. abdicating mm-hmm. responsibility. And I think with St. Joseph, like you said, Nick, that's the exact opposite. Like he, like we have to walk into God, yeah. not mm. walk away. Mm. And just to diverge one more second yeah. on what Natalie's saying too, like a cakes in the other example, like you bring up men and turning into guys. And like what I see now is like young women, like my sister's age, um, 16 years old, they're fed this idea from social media accounts like Instagram, like I should post these pictures because it makes me look good. Yeah. But then that yeah. makes you like less of a woman putting yourself out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. showing yourself because it's making these boys turn into guys. I think mm-hmm. that not it's men. like virtue, true virtue. Nobody right. doesn't. People don't understand what virtue is anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, a great example are the saints, but if you want to look at true man and true woman look at jesus and mary mm-hmm. right because they were perfect right so i think that's the perfect example but also i think the true man and true woman i can i think can be kind of boiled down to like a statement like this the true man or true woman is that person who willingly gets nailed to the cross and doesn't get off mm. until God says it is finished. Mm. And whether that's through a relationship with a woman or a man um, or a spouse, for example. Uh, and that's like kind of like talking from boys to guys. Like the man would accept the responsibility and stay on that cross until the very end. Mm-hmm. And the woman would bear... Elizabeth Ann Seton, mm. um, she bore, like, for her, her cross was kind of like her husband's sickness, Yeah, mm. um, you could say. And she didn't get off that cross until the very end. No. And yeah, she I didn't think, say, peace out, you're on your own, dude. Yeah. So I think that's, like, that's, like, simplifying everything, because I like to simplify everything uh, for my simple little brain. That, <laughs> you have a minute to talk, to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, sorry, that's, that's all I'm going to You're fine. <laughs> I wasn't rushing you, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's all good. That was uh, what I, that was mm. what I finished. 
So. Mm, and sort of to put just like a little neat little bow on all of that, thinking about like true manhood, true womanhood, just like true like personhood. Mm. It's like what Matthew Kelly always talks about, like being the best version <laughs> exactly. of yourself, right? Yeah. So like ordering desires and like just like willing, like being open to the will of God. Like that's what like our true humanity should be just striving for and pining for. So just to bow that up, those were my thoughts. Mm-hmm. That, is that was a, a nice beautiful bow. Good bow. ending. That is a yeah. beautiful, huge, shiny bow. <laughs> I love it. That was great. You sure don't want her in stomach? <laughs> oh, it's, it's my turn. Oh, are we doing another round? Uh, are we doing another round? No. We can clap this I don't know. It's 32 minutes. What do you think? That was 32 minutes. Do you guys want to keep going or do you... We can... Let's do one more. Bonus right. round. We have okay. enough Bonus for round. a round. Bonus round. Okay. <clears throat> no, this is the last one. I think. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, full, cir- full circle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Explaining heaven to non-religious children. Yes. I know who wrote this. I am so selfish Wait, did you write this? this? Yes. Oh, I thought you wrote it. Because <laughs> she works at a public school. All right, cool. That's a good one, Dad. Um, explain to heaven to non-religious children. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense that you wrote it now that I read it second time. Um, hmm. I don't know if I've had to you do this task before, so I don't have firsthand experience. Um, how would I relate heaven in the mind of a child that's not religious? Oh man, this is a little tough. Can I give this over to Natalie, who was excited to write this, because she might have some more formula thoughts, and then I'll come around the table. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I just recently had to, um, well, I not think about it. <laughs> I know I had to recently mm. explain what heaven was, um, to a kiddo who had lost, uh, a family member. Mm-hmm. And so it was very hard for me to do because I'm Catholic and from a Catholic perspective, mm-hmm. I just like wanted, I felt that evangelization sort of, mm. you know, <laughs> I want Mm -hmm. to tell you so much, but I can't. So Mm -hmm. um, what can I tell you, you know, that will give you peace that your parents will approve of and be okay with, but also um, be, you know, something that can help you, your heart. Yeah, like how do you explain that? That typical, um, he's at a better place now. Yeah, How do you elaborate on that? Exactly. Um, so I guess what I'll talk about is um, what I viewed children, sorry, not children, <laughs> heaven as a child. And my vision of heaven as a child was a 360-degree drum set that I could play as many times as I wanted and very materialistic child because I like drums back then. <laughs> um, and that was my view of heaven was just drumming away on a 360-drum set. And God's so a just place like, that makes you happy. Yeah, a place yeah. that makes me happy in that point of my life. My view of heaven's a little bit differently now. Uh, it's not a drum set. On to Thomas. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a tough question because I've never had to do this, I think. But I think we can kind of maybe apply this to just other people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe... Something I, I might say is something along the lines of they're living the perfect life now. Because most people can kind of envision a perfect life without pain, without suffering, without, um, you know, 
hurt and crime and all that stuff. So to think about that is like, I think really peaceful. Mm. It's like, okay, they're living a perfect life now. Um, so, because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just like thinking a little bit specifically about my um, experience, like teaching in a public elementary mm. school, um, I feel like I don't, you know, try to explain heaven too much, but more so the ways that we can get to heaven, like on earth in um, school appropriate terms. Um, like when something comes up where a child was waiting for a turn, I'm like, good job, like being patient. Like sometimes the best things in life we have to wait for. Mm. Or like um, like saying the golden rule um, or just saying like when we make good choices, we can be a light to others. And just mm. sort of like fostering those types of um, empathetic like skills that bring us to heaven, um, but just giving kids a way to um, experience them and maybe think about them ideas that maybe they haven't been exposed to to before so yeah. that's really awesome yeah yeah I kind of like that it kind of made me think of like you know um, sort of teaching gratitude or gratefulness mm-hmm. to kids and mm-hmm. mindfulness in, in a secular way and sort of saying like okay so how do you feel when you help others mm-hmm. right usually you feel and all I don't think I've ever had a single kid that said now nah, it made me feel bad um, they all say, oh, it made me feel good, and they gave me this little warm glow inside. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe saying, like, remember that, and then multiply that times a million, mm-hmm. that's what heaven's like. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. That yeah. actually is some great... That's, like, a feeling, too, that they can, like, yeah. relate to. Tap into. No, yeah. and that's why, like, you know, Nick, like, the, even, like, the materialistic way of looking at it, it's a, it's a place that makes you happy, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, imagine you're your family member happy like how mm. happy like imagine that they're happiest that you've ever seen them and then imagine that all yeah. the time yeah. mm. or maybe in like your case getting them to remember what that person who passed away their favorite activity was to do and yeah. to say that that's probably what that's they're doing now what they're doing right now mm-hmm. mm. yeah I like that thanks guys that nice. was great mm-hmm. that was great that was a good way to well, end I think yeah that was mm-hmm. a killer episode hopefully no one died Oh, my ears. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Thank you all for joining us. Mm -hmm. This is great. Uh, Any last things, Natalie? Uh, No. Stay tuned for our next episode. Yeah. And we Mm -hmm. might have you guys on again. We might do another fishbowl. Another fishbowl. I think was this a success? Success. We'll see what people think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. God Uh, bless. God bless. Have a good one.